So that lamb trailer, huh? <laughs> the Spider-Man trailer still doesn't drop. It's never going to come out. You know this. I honestly feel like we're going to get the apocalypse before we see Spider-Man 3. A thought fleeted across my mind. Flet. Flet. Uh, earlier <laughs> this week, like, what if the Delta strain of coronavirus takes over and I don't get to see Dune in October? <laughs> <laughs> I'm already figuring out my passport situation so that I can go to another country to see that movie. Maybe I'll just do it anyway because it comes out a month earlier internationally. What is that about? Hello? Hollywood? Excuse me. What is that? Bullshit. At least I'll have Hans Zimmer's multiple soundtrack albums. Hello? (laughs) Is anybody there? God? Are you listening? I only want one thing, and that is Dune, the movie. That's it. Hey, <laughs> what are we doing today? Uh, today. See, see what I did there? Today we're shaking it up again. What are we doing today? We're doing a music. You still haven't gotten the punt. What are we doing today? Oh, I get it. It's a play on words. What are we doing today? I just want everyone to know it took three <laughs> three attempts to get Gabe to. I'm not fast. <laughs> I'm not mentally quick with it. I'm like a snail in a person's body (laughs) It's always been this way Or a sloth, rather I'm a skinwalker Which, for the most part, is going pretty well for me I mean, I've got you Thinking about Taco Bell tonight (laughs) Things are looking good We got three movies coming out this weekend Yes Speaking of theaters not showing the movies that they promised I think the UK cancelled their Green Knight premiere why? So hearts out to the English bros. I think it's a coronavirus related, but yeah, I'm pretty sure because uh, it's popping off over there. It's popping off everywhere, the Delta, but they don't get to see that. That's a bummer because that's going to be really good. Did you know David Lowry spent like a year? He spent all of COVID-19 re-editing that film, but apparently from all the reviews coming out right now, it is very good still, despite his meddling. I didn't know that he did that, no. So today's going to be a little bit of a weird episode because... It might not have a lot of interest for many people. We've done casts like that before. True. We're doing another music episode today. And because there hasn't been a lot of music, in my opinion, that I've been wanting to go over for the podcast, I'm like, well, I want to do a music episode. And this is by far the most standout-ish album for me. And it is one that I have been listening to pretty much nonstop since it came out at the end of April. So I'm forcing Gabe to uh, do a podcast on... You're not forcing me. I like this album. This album called Gami Gang. By Origami Angel. By a band called Origami Angel. This band was first shown to me by my brother, who back in the early 2000s, him and I did a lot of music venturing together. You were in a band. Yeah, that's true. And this band and this album is very reminiscent of that era and those times that we had back then in the early 2000s. So I'm going to name some of those bands because it's kind of got this early 2000s pop punk thing. Some might call it emo. That's how they're listed on Wikipedia. I know. (laughs) It's all there is. It's a two-piece emo band. (laughs) It's such a misnomer. I know it is. Oh, gosh. So I'm going to name some of the bands that we used to listen to back then that I feel like this band reminds me of. A Newfound Glory, Blink-182, Rufio, The Starting Line, Saves the Day, 
the Ataris, Get Up Kids, Hot Rod Circuit, Hey Mercedes, For the Seems Forever, Phoenix TX, and then even Yellow Card, who I didn't really like, or something even heavier like Thursday or Seosin, the early Seosin. Yeah, I did pick up those notes for sure. And then personally, some of it reminds me of this band called Homegrown. So my brother and I, like I said, we used to get around a lot, but this band, Origami Angel, sort of mimics that kind of style. So again, this is going to be a very niche podcast. <laughs> Sometimes those are the best. Yeah, true. All I have to say, this is kind of a direct portal to the glory days of that time for me. Steven's peak. <laughs> and they do it well enough in this album to sound almost exactly like it could have come from that period of time while also being really new and innovative, which I really like. Yeah. I, for one, have noticed a lot of millennials that have started making music in this genre again because of all the nostalgia that's in there and we like to listen to it not just us in this room but there's a market for that i think this band has been just getting bigger and bigger and people are listening to it left and right so like i said i've really been digging this album and i've basically been playing it nonstop since it came out so let's talk about their background a little bit before we jump into the album because we are going to go song by song track by track and talk about it because we're really just here to support this band that I and Gabe now really likes. Small mon musical artists. Yeah. And honestly, there's been no really other music that has come out this year in 2021 that I've been like, let's do a full breakdown podcast of that album because there just hasn't been one for me. For me, personally. Maybe someone out there. Over the whole year? Really? Yeah. The new John Mayer album is kind of fun. It's pretty interesting. So who is Origami Angel? They are comprised of two people, Ryland Hagee. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. It wouldn't surprise me if it was like Hagee. Yeah, Hagee. And he's the guitarist and the singer. And Pat Doherty, who's the drummer. And they're from Washington, D.C. It's just these two guys. They met in 2015 after a show. And Hagee asked Doherty to join his current band called Idol Empire. And then that band eventually just petered out. But the two kept making music. And they eventually started calling themselves Origami Angel as just this duo. And they started putting out EPs and singles back in 2017. And one of them was a Pokemon-themed EP because they're very up-to-date on video game culture i guess so they include a lot of that in their lyrics as we'll discuss going forward before coming out with their first full-length lp in 2019 called somewhere city which was very very good i'd highly recommend that album and so this album that we're doing today is their second album but to talk about that first album a little bit pitchfork which is a popular music critic magazine had this to say about their first album. Origami Angel never let up for more than five seconds, save for the twinkly arpeggios that serve as Somewhere City's introductory scene setting. Wow, it's so alliterative. (laughs) It's all you got to do to write an article. Yeah. Somewhere City is an invigorating place to spend a half hour. And then the Chicago Reader complimented the album's energy as well, saying... Hagee and Doherty use their instrumental skills to work flamboyant, sometimes playful parts into neat, hook-filled songs, lending emotional resonance to what might otherwise seem like merely athletic displays. Because... (laughs) And let me explain. Their music is very energetic, and it's constantly moving. It's always bouncing around and doing something new, and it never gets boring. And so... I think that's one of the biggest hooks or draws for this band and how they make music. And when you listen to their music, you will 
understand because it never gets boring and there's always something kind of around the corner that's potentially sort of about to sneak attack you that might be like a really catchy hook that will actually make the song better for you and then right when they go into something else they'll just come back around with another kind of hook it's like I kind of have been talking about it like most songs play to get to that chorus moment when that's where the biggest hook of the song comes in it's the chorus everybody sings the chorus origami angel has like three choruses per song And it's crazy because they do have verse, they have pre-chorus or like interludes, but then they have so many different variables that are thrown into their music, to their songs that uh, just make them really engaging. Anyway, after the first album, they soon announced their follow-up album, which I think might be even better than the first. And this one's called Gami Gang, which is an expression that their fans started calling themselves based off of uh, them being followers of Origami Angel. Gami comes from Origami. And that album came out on April 30th, 2021, under a record studio called Counterintuitive Records. <laughs> and this album is actually a double-length LP, long play. But it still has like a shorter runtime than you would think, right? It's like only oh, yeah. 50-something minutes. Their songs are rarely three minutes long. They're usually shorter than that. And that's to say a lot based on what I just said about how much they actually bring into their songs. They pack it all in, they get in, they get out quick. Very tight. Yeah. But to talk a little bit more about their relationship, Hagee talks about how there's this kinesis, or he's used the word chemistry for their relationship. They're very, very creative together. While Doherty, Doherty has been on record saying, the way we could fill a conversation that has nothing to do with music for hours, whether it's Dragon Ball Z or Pokemon or basketball, is the basis for their friendship. And he said, quote unquote, I just know that this is my guy forever. <laughs> They're very open with their emotions, which I think is why people call them emo, so to speak. But like, you know, they're just like normal, good, loving dudes. What does emo even mean anymore? Uh, It comes from being more sensitive with your lyrics and your overall approach and disposition, I think, lyrically. And also just being more like in touch with your feelings rather than being disconnected from them. Hmm. It's funny because I named all those bands earlier that I used to see in the early 2000s. But when they talk about their influences, they talk about them in like a very different way. Like Hagee cites Bare Naked Ladies. Yes, the band. Yes. Uh, Prince Daddy, who I guess he's friends with. And the Hyena. And Lil Uzi Vert. (laughs) Interesting. He names them all as influences. He's also cited Ben Folds and Peter Gabriel. And then he says he also draws a lot of inspiration from Sarah Bareilles, Hmm. which is so funny to me. Uh, And then Doherty cites his drumming style from Trey Cool from Green Day, Keith Moon from The Who, Neil Peart from Rush, Mike Portney from Avenged Sevenfold, Dream Theater, and Twisted Sister, and a bunch of other bands that he's been in. Nice spread. Yeah. Man, I love his drumming, like, to talk about that. I love how, again, he's constantly moving along with the songwriting that's, you know, written to the guitar parts by Higgy. I'm going to call him Ryland. Yeah, that's his actual name. By Ryland. And then the drums are just constantly accompanying what the guitar is doing. So if the guitar plucks really fast three times, five times, the you know, the bass drum or the tom, or he'll do some fill maybe on the snare, you know, around the toms or something that'll mimic what Ryland's doing with the guitar. And it's constantly moving and sometimes very fast. You know, there's one song in here that has blast beats and he goes into that. It's very fast snare bass, snare bass, snare bass with like a cymbal thrown in. 
It's cool to see he gets to shine because there's only two people in the band. Yeah. It's the guitar and the drum. Yeah. I wonder how they play live and if they have a bass track that comes from like a MIDI or something that they play on a laptop and then that plays like their bass track alongside them because I know that Rylan also plays bass for their records. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, like I've already said, the reason I really like this band and this album, and I think the thing that makes them special is they have, you know, the pop punk emo lyrics and style, but they also have like screaming along with a lot of pop culture video game references, like I was saying. One track had both Pokemon and Taco Bell referenced, and I was immediately like, this is Steven's That's album. my favorite track. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that. Yeah, and but I think it hits home for multiple generations, like from millennials all the way to Gen Z, because it has something for everyone. They're sort of known for never getting boring, like I was saying. They're constantly moving and changing, and <laughs> he was asked in an interview, if you could kind of describe your style in three words, what would you say? And he would say, chaotic, and then ugly and beautiful. <laughs> Wow, a little bit of both, yeah. And another thing, as we are about to jump into the album, is that most of their song titles are plays on words or phrases that also have references to many other things that they love, or just are super funny and comedic. So you'll be hearing that a lot as we name the song titles before we play them. I'm going to try to do my best to let you know (laughs) what the song title is referring to. Ryland also had said that this record, this double LP, could have been their self-titled album because he wanted to make it very different from Somewhere City, but he also threw a lot of himself at it to the point where it really felt representative of who he was and it was very personal for him and for Pat as well, Doherty, as they continued to write it together. It kind of is self-titled because of... yeah. Gami Gang being the yeah, moniker. Exactly. Fans. That's exactly what he said. Yeah. I'm glad you pointed that out because that was sort of the point. He's like, we could just do a self titled Origami Angel album, or our fans are going to call it Gami Gang anyways. <laughs> so they just named it Gami Gang. Anyway, uh, let's jump in. I'm very excited about this because this album is freaking rad. And I love these guys. Did I mention how nice they seem to be as people? Yeah, pretty down to earth. In the very, very end, I'm going to play an outro from Ryland so you can hear in his voice how, like, what a kind and entreating person he is. You're going to hear from Ryland. Nice. All right, track one. It's called Hashtag Gummy Gang in all capitals. This track is very short. It's not even 30 seconds. It has sort of like a weird opening. It's very electronic, and it kind of is reminiscent to me of, like, the Halloween theme. has very similar notes and then it comes on with like a full r&b beat with huge bass this is a song that i can kind of imagine them like walking out on stage to Mm -hmm. before they start playing and there's also a huge connection with the very last song on the double lp they bring elements of the song back on the last song that i'll talk about later yeah it leads right into the second track doesn't it it does yeah but i'm not going to play that part you'll have to hear that when you play the album for yourself So the second song is called Self-Destruct, which uh, I think is a reference to the common video game phrase or trope that is often referred to as SD. (laughs) Uh, It's something when you intentionally or accidentally kill yourself in a game. You SD'd or you self-destructed. Self-destructed. I haven't heard that before. Really? Yeah. I Hmm. wonder if that's an older gaming thing. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Maybe. It's also a move in the Pokemon game that oh, Pokemon yeah. can do called self-destruct. So it could be referring to that as well. You just kill your Pokemon? Yeah. But it basically <laughs> takes out anybody around. Oh, nice. Voltorb and Electrode. You never like no one's ever been like, oh, I asked Deed. No, no one said that? I, it, I, I have heard of like self-destruct in Pokemon, but not in the SD kind of way. Maybe I have. I, I don't know. So this song has a massive hook that plays as a chorus. Again, the chorus is in quotes because it's loose terms. That builds up to like a letdown, and that could also be considered a chorus itself. And when I first heard it, I immediately started bobbing my head because I'm it's so freaking hard not to do that to this song. And I texted my brother immediately. I was like, that first song, it's actually the second song on the album, but that song immediately captured me. Yeah, it's a great like, first yeah. song song. And it ends up with a quote from Hayden Christensen from episode three, Anakin Skywalker saying, this is where the fun begins. This is where the fun begins. They do that a few times. They use... Yeah, they use... I don't know if it, that would be called sampling because it's not really part of the song. It is sampling. Yeah. yeah it's it just... It's like they interjected the line, right? Yeah, they take lines from... And that was very common in the early 2000s. You heard it a lot on... I used to listen to like old ska bands and old punk bands. and They would constantly throw samples from like, I don't know, Adam Sandler movies or like whatever was interesting to them at the time. Mm-hmm. So they do that quite often, and we'll bring that up as well. But here is this crazy bop. It's so good. begins all right the third song is called mobius chicken strip hell of a name (laughs) and that comes from the mobius strip which is in mathematical terms it's a flat rectangle with one half twist it kind of hit a huge pop culture reference in avengers endgame and that was the solution that tony stark used to solve time travel (laughs) mobius strip yeah (laughs) and obviously it's a play on words because he's combining it with chicken strip um, Which are delicious. I love chicken strips. For this song, it's really hard for me to pick out a chorus. Again, because there are so many all the time. But there are multiple sections that could be considered a chorus, I think. But I like the the hooks you know, of this song and everything that happens after the chorus. I love the line in particular that says, Grab your Game Boy, get in the car. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, I've definitely been there, you know? Yeah, they're dating themselves. Yeah. They also seem like... Maybe they're just fans of the 90s or the early 2000s, you know? I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Well, this whole album's... Ryland, reach out. Let me know. An homage to that. Are you a fan of the 90s? Both in a music and in a meta way, it's all about that time period, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's an album about nostalgia. True. But this song ends with a quote from an EDM track from a band called Dagos and Redone, a song called Recovered Part 1. I was wondering what that was. Because the guy goes, he's like, do I like what I do? (laughs) Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. So grab your game, boy, get in the car. You can be the king and I'll be the sun. 
So this next song is called No Offense, taken from, I think, the phrase No Offense. Oh, I get it now. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, who the hell is No Offense? Yeah. Now that you say it fast, it kind of works. But I think this song, he kind of paints this picture of this door-to-door preacher coming, like some sort of missionary coming to his door and trying to preach him on god and and him sort of rejecting that idea and so i think it's his way of saying like hey no offense i'm not trying to like hurt you and by rejecting your religion but it wouldn't surprise me if ryland grew up in a christian household and then kind of rebelled against it like we all some sort of uh religious background yeah you know he then kind of turns it and makes it seem like he might be singing about a girl because i love the line that he says they keep telling me about heaven it sounds a lot like when i'm with you Mm, romantic beautiful and then the ending is great when he starts screaming and the song ends with another quote, which I think is from a YouTube video of like a little kid saying, what kind of God makes children think when they're not even in school? <laughs> That's a terrible rendition of it. Anyway, here it is. They come knocking at your doors and that's exactly when they get you. They keep telling me about heaven. Sounds a lot like when I'm with you And if I could write a book about you Maybe they would see Exactly why you Exactly why you Exactly why you Why you, 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 We're on to Mock Bike. Mock Bike. Which is a Pokemon reference. How? It's the bike that you get in Generation 3 in the Hoenn region of Pokemon. Oh. It's called Mock Bike because it's a fast bike. It's faster than the normal bike. It's Mock Speed. Goes at Mock Speed? Yeah, Mock Speed Bike. Mm. And I think it speaks to the speed at which, like, it's a metaphor. That title of this song is a metaphor for him talking about the speed at which life kind of passes you by sometimes and then how he kind of wants things to slow down. And that really comes through with the line, I think, that says, stop wasting all your time on the things that you don't want to do on these things that you won't even use. That hits a little close to home. Yeah. (laughs) The song ends with a slight halftime tempo change, which they do a lot in their music. They're constantly going at the tempo, you know, in a one, two, three, four kind of measure, time signature. Mm. And then they halftime it to where it keeps that same tempo, but they slow it down to half the time. So it makes you seem like they're slowing down when they're not actually. But the slowdown in this song is really good. And then he says at the end, I know that we'll be fine. And again, I think that's him kind of saying that not only to himself, but to everyone as like i said earlier i think he is a kind individual who's trying to kind of project 
goodness back into the world with his music and his lyrics. Stop wasting all your This next song is called Isopropyl Alchemy, and that's a clear reference to isopropyl alcohol, which is rubbing alcohol. And then they changed the word alcohol to alchemy, because that's fun. Who doesn't like alchemy? When we were in college together, Gabe, we liked alchemy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> anyway, I like it. After the really long intro, instrumental intro, the song gets kind of into this groove at the one minute mark. And I love the tempo change at the end. It turns almost into like a different song for like a second. Your body says it's way too This next song is called You Won't. You Won't. Period. You Won't, period. And I'm assuming this title means what it means. There's no hidden meaning there, plan words. The song kind of talks about someone who is at odds with the protagonist of the song and how that person's kind of being stubborn. <laughs> so I love the middle poppy part personally. And then Ryland really shines here in his delivery and songwriting, I think. I feel like people say that when they're egging someone on to do something or to instigate conflict, they're like, you won't, do it, you won't, you know? I feel like I've said that before. <laughs> in jest, because I'm not an aggressive person, but I feel like that may be what he was going for, especially with you talking about the conflict in the song. Yeah, that's actually good, because, I mean, yeah, I don't know, it could be from his perspective or the perspective of the person being stubborn. It's interesting. Who knows? Again, Rylan, I'm curious, man. Just reach out. Shoot an email. I'm as curious as a cat. You are relentlessly curious. <laughs> I'm like Alice. Falling down the rabbit hole. Curiouser and curiouser. Go down? Down, down? Down, down. <laughs> I'll be the martyr that you wish you could be. Talk all the shit you want about me. Cause I can take it the next shit. It doesn't hurt you though. It's fucking basic. It ain't shit. And I will take the fall. If it means that someone else will have to hear the shit you say behind the back. And someone else in such a stupid petty way. But you stay talking all the shit. So just keep talking, 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 talking. Okay, the next song is called Neutrogena Spectre, which I think is a play on Regina Spectre. It's gotta be. And then Neutrogena, which is the skincare brand, because he mentions clear skin in like the opening statement of the song. Yeah. This song spoke particularly to me because of dealing with the whole body image stuff. Mm. And even skinny, more lean people like Rylan can be insecure, which is reassuring to larger boys like us. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, everybody struggles with this. 
Because it's easy to forget that sometimes. Yeah, unless you're Chris Hemsworth. Maybe even Chris Hemsworth. Maybe that's why he's so shredded all the time is because <laughs> he's constantly insecure. Maybe he's the most insecure, which is what drives him to this pursuit of physical perfection. Yeah, just like we were talking about Jeff Bezos last yeah. week. God, that's a that's a podcast in itself. Yeah, <laughs> the human growth hormone. Um, I love this song. I think it's a bop. It's, again, a very catchy, fast-tempoed song. At the 101 mark, he says, that guy with the best fucking friends, that's me. And he does this kind of call-and-response thing that I really, really dig. And then at the very end... He gets a little screamy, doesn't he? Yeah. Instead of answering the same way, when it gets to that part of the song, they totally change, and then he starts screaming, which is really cool. I like the unclean vocals, Rylan. Yeah. Did a good job experimenting there. He does, and he does all of it. That's what I'm saying. I'll talk about in a little bit how he changes up his vocals that I really, really dig. And then he does it a lot throughout the album. Here's Neutrogena Spectre. That guy with the best fucking friends. That's me! Okay, Greenbelt Station. This is the end of the first half of the double LP. So this is the end of the first album. Did it split it up on Spotify? No. But this is how it's... Is it two discs if you get a physical copy of the album? I don't know if it's two compact discs, but if you get it on vinyl, it's two vinyls. And so I looked at the actual vinyl to see where they split it up because that's actually where the LP comes from. Mm. So this is a great, beautiful slowdown as if this was a one album in of itself. It's all acoustic, right? Yeah, and he gets acoustic for the first time on this album. And Ryland's voice becomes softer, really, really pretty. And I think this is a reference to a train station that's back on the East Coast somewhere. I couldn't tell if it was in Maryland or in Washington, D.C., but it seemed like somewhere around that area. And at 105, he says, one minute and five seconds, he says, and still when I feel that I can't go on, I think of where you are now, and I know you're happier there, and that's all I want. Hmm. I mean, I love just how he sings it, because the whole song is about being happy that someone you love is happy, even if you can't be with that person or make them happy yourselves. And so that kind of ends this half the album on that beautiful moment, this beautiful note, and here's that song. So you cut down your branches Exposed where I would hide And still when I feel that I can't go on I think of where you are now 
please flip to disc two for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> B-Sides, coming at you. Part two. This next song, which is the opening track for the second LP, is called Bossa Nova Core. Bossa Nova Core. That is a reference to Bossa Nova, which is the music genre, and the Nova Core, which is a Marvel comic book reference. Sorry, what is Bossa Nova? It's a genre of music? Yeah, it's like the girl from Empanema is like Bossa Nova. And so that's a very, it's a common thing. It's like when you say reggae, it's like reggae is like And so bossa nova is sort of like elevator music-y, but it's not elevator music because it's its own specific thing. It's cool. I like it. So I like Bossa Nova Core, especially when it hits the 2 minute 11 mark. Ryland's voice gets really, really high. And he does that thing that is really common, again, with his songwriting that I said I would talk about a few minutes ago, where he constantly changes the melody with almost every syllable. And it's really fun and very cool. And he pulls it off, and I love it. Well, I actually did take a note on the sound of the song. I said, jazzy lounge sound. <laughs> A.K.A. Bossa Nova. So here's Bossa Nova Core. But every time I open up my It's almost like you never want to act like you knew me when I was nobody And nowadays it's harder not to feel like someone new I don't see what you're seeing me like I'm some sort of deity And now I fit in any room I'm living in a zoo The thought of being locked inside a room behind a barricade Is getting comfortable and now I don't know what to do Cause I don't think anything's changed It's almost like you never want to act like you knew me when I was nobody And nowadays it's harder not to feel like someone new I don't see what you're seeing me like I'm some sort of deity So the next song is called Know You. It's no without a W and you as in the letter U. This song just starts really well from the get-go. I love the constant tempo and then the halftime, again, tempo change in this song. The song title, I think, is a reference to the phrase in the song that says, they don't know you like they think they do. Mm. These are where those notes of emo, I think, are spilling out. (laughs) See, I must live in a constant state of emo because I barely even notice it anymore. But this song ends with a Jimmy Neutron quote. Yeah, And it's hilarious. And Sheen. I love those guys. Yeah. I, that was one of my shows that I grew up on, so I I believe that. that. I believe that. <laughs> Brain blast. Here it is. When I hear it, I don't think of you today. Simply, I think that you like me. And I like that. The coolest shit. Everybody else is fucking ludicrous. Whenever you get down on yourself, just remember that they don't. They don't know who I like think that they do. Sometimes it's a heavy burden being a man of science. I know what you mean, Jimmy. That's why I decided early on to sabotage my highly scientific mind with cartoons and sugar. 
This next song is called Backslash Trust. Backslash Trust. Forward slash? Which one's back and which one's forward? That's forward, is it not? Forward slash trust. I might be wrong. You should Google backslash or forward slash. When you see the song, you'll know what we're talking about. It looks like something from like a subreddit. Yeah, like r slash trust. Yeah. (laughs) I bet you that's a subreddit. Maybe that's what he was referencing. Yeah, I think that that's what this song title means. And I think it talks about the song as well and the meaning of the song. And then Rylan again comes in with the syllable melody thing in this song at around uh, the first minute mark. It is forward slash. Nice. Or also known as just slash. (laughs) Slash trust. Yeah. So after an array of guitars, Rylan comes in again with that syllable melody thing. And it's beautiful and catchy as it always is. This next song, this next song, next song. Why don't you do this one? No. It's called Spoons Rattling. In brackets, no less. Brackets, Spoons Rattling. As if it's not meant to be a title, but this is the sound of Spoons Rattling, and he's putting the sound in brackets. Yeah, I mean, this song is different from everything else on the album. It is barely a minute long, and it is almost like an interlude to the whole album. It's very cool. It has like a different flavor than everything else. It starts off with like a hypnotic acoustic guitar and sort of has this entrancing melody that accompanies it and then gets super crazy and starts screaming and then it ends. It's very interesting. Again, sort of like an interlude to everything else. Here it is. All the messed up things I think they keep coming back to me when I lay down to sleep. I wake up and pools of sweat surrounding me. I eat my words, I choke them up. I never get a second just to catch my breath. Cause everything you told me was a lie and I would take it to the fucking grave. This one is one of my favorite song titles. Same. Tom Holland Oats, which if you're not familiar with Tom Holland or Oats, Google him (laughs) or Oats. Holland Oats is a duo of musicians and Tom Holland is an actor who plays uh, Spider-Man. Yeah. The Spider-Man. On the rig. Hopefully get a trailer soon. One of these days. I don't know. Yeah, honestly, I feel <laughs> like I'm going to die before I see this. It's not coming movie. out. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. This song might be my least favorite track on the double LP. Damn. Even though it's my favorite song title. But that's in lieu of the fact that I love the whole album mm-hmm. and all the songs. So like, it's the least favorite of my tracks on an album that I really, really love. It's high praise. Which is better than a lot of other songs that exist in the world. But at 235, the end is my favorite part of the song because, again... 
it ends on a really catchy melody that he crosses sort of two different melodies with each other, which is something that Taking Back Sunday used to do a lot. That's what they got really popular for. And then my favorite song on the album, Strikes, Strikes, and then... Strikes Hot. <laughs> it's called Caught in the Moment, and there's no pun here. I just love the lines because it's talking about Taco Bell and Pokemon, like Gabe was saying earlier. Yes. It says, take me back to getting Taco Bell with you late nights because we do what we want to. Take me back to watching Pokemon with you, your house at three in the morning. And again, it's like a chant. It's like a mantra, you know, that they're stating about time slowing down and reminiscing on the small things that don't really matter, but that we remember because they mean something to us, you know. Part of your childhood. Exactly. It's very, very nostalgia heavy, and I am huge on nostalgia. I also first heard this song uh, in the time of my life where my friend had just died. One of my very dear friends had just passed and I heard this song come on and I started crying because of like remembering all the good times that I had with my friend. And so I think this friend may be about him kind of talking about the times that he used to have with a friend or maybe like a close family member or partner or something. I don't know. But I love the, the picture that he paints about spending time with someone that's close to you doing just stupid stuff that doesn't matter. That means so much, you know, in, in hindsight, you know, mm-hmm. anyway, here's that song. Hey man, you tried your best today and it wasn't This song is called Dr. Fondue. Ha, huh, I wonder what they're referencing. Fondue is obviously a cuisine experience. Delicious. I've never had it. Oh. That's like one thing I've never actually had or tried. That's shocking. Kind of like Pikachu shocks, you know? Or Dr. Doom in the 2004 Fantastic Four film. <laughs> 
<laughs> Doctor Doom is a huge Marvel character that I would almost guarantee has a lot to do in the upcoming movies and Disney Plus TV series because he's a very popular, very powerful Marvel villain. And so this title is a, a play on that. For more on that, listen to our Loki podcast. Yeah. But I love how it slows down and has that kind of double bass five hit thing with the guitar that I was kind of referencing earlier in the podcast that so many bands have done in the past, but they do it so well here. next song <laughs> this next song is called bed bath and batman beyond which i love because i'm a huge batman beyond fan i remember watching that every saturday morning when i was younger and i love bed bath and beyond <laughs> it's crazy yeah it's kismet <laughs> bed bath and beyond is obviously the store and batman beyond is a popular late 90s animated batman series about the future of batman and gotham but this, again, shows off Ryland's guitar skills very well, particularly through second 33 to second 55. And we're going to play that for you now. Give them all the food. This next song is called Footloose Cannonball Brothers. Footloose Cannonball Brothers. I get the first part. I think it's referencing Footloose. It's possible. And Cannonball Brothers. I got nothing. I don't know. I would love to know what this reference is about. It's like the one thing I don't understand, I think, on the album. But this is probably the most poppy of the songs on the album. It starts off with like a very classic pop melody and like a very catchy guitar hook. And then uh, around the middle of the song, it ends with like a double time change again. Again, constantly evolving, always changing. Good music. Here it is. The shoe fits. No one's gonna blame you if you use it. But everybody knows it's not a secret. You're acting like you're sponsored by Adidas. But you're not fooling me because if the shoe fits, no one's gonna blame you. Here's the second to last track of not just the second LP, but the whole double LP. It's called Blanket Statement. I really like this song, both for the catchiness of it and the high notes that Rylan hits in the song. He's got some range. Yeah, but it's just, I love when he hits high notes because it's, uh, you know, when a singer goes from low to high, that is, to a, a music listener, one of the most attractive things about a song or a, a singer or a vocalist is hearing the up and down. It attracts us as listeners. That dynamic range? Yeah, very quickly. It's like, oh, 
a hook, you know. Many of my favorite vocalists are that way as well. Great range. Anthony Green from Circus Survive. Yeah. Any of the people that were on Dance Gavin Dance. <laughs> a lot of the vocalists from these like edgier outfits are able to do that, which is why I think I'm drawn to this pop punk rock scene so much is because it's very Yeah. Catchy. Yeah. It's catchy, man. It's attractive. That's why I'm not ashamed to be into pop music, because catchy songs are good. Like there's something about them that are good. There's also something quite beautiful about an artistic sometimes melancholy song that yeah, depending on the song, but it makes you feel like you wanna drive your car off of a cliff into the ocean in the rain in the dead at night at three in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, that that kind of music, <laughs> that kind of music can be beautiful and good, but I also like pop, punk, pop of all kind. The only music I really don't like is reggae. Sorry, reggae fans. It's country for me. Not like classic country, but the 21st century country pop. It's the country music that Bo Burnham makes fun of in yes. his stand-up from two stand-ups ago. Yeah, I understand. That he calls it pandering. His stand up from two stand-ups ago. I've heard that song. Pandering. Yeah. And that, I think he played a variation of that character on Parks and Rec in that yes, one clip. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. This is a country music podcast now. I keep my room just like my life. I fucking mess it out of sight. With the curtains closed to block out any light. I have a blanket on. We have one track left. This track's called GG, which is a reference to what gamers say after the game is over. They say GGs or GG. That is what gamers say. For good game or good Mm -hmm. games. And it kind of plays tongue-in-cheek here with being the final track on the album. He's kind of saying like, okay, now this is over, like good games, as everyone says, but maybe we'll play again sometime. So it's, it's kind of a final statement, nail in the coffin here, but also an invite almost to play again. It's also the initials of Gummy Gang. That's a great point. To bring it all back around, because you said musically it does that as well, right? Yeah. See, so much thought goes into music making, folks. Or any art, sometimes. <laughs> well, right now we're talking about <laughs> to, music. About this one, We're yeah. talking about music. And uh, if you just look, you'll find <laughs> things just like that. Yeah. And you'll be like, wow, I'm very wowed. Wake up, sheeple. Yeah, sheeple. <laughs> Speaking of sheep, bah. tangent. There's a new A24 trailer out called Lamb. You should check it out. It's lit. <laughs> <laughs> Things I never say. I was going to say, is it the first time you've said that? I think that's the first time you've it's said that. Lit. <laughs> it's lit. It's lit. Gonna get lit tonight. Uh, okay, this song is really cool because it plays like a normal one of their songs, like very in genre, on point. And then it kind of changes gears and then becomes kind of like a musical instrumental outro with a couple of phrases that they say. But one of the things that he says in this track is, I'm incapable of change. And then there's like a long outro that changes. 
<laughs> and then the melody from the first song, like I said, from hashtag Gami Gang, comes in in this song, but with a different chord under or over a different chord and plays quite beautifully as kind of a nice bookend for this double LP. It is one of the longer songs on the album. Yeah. And it's funny because it's only about four minutes long, but that's long for this album. Yeah. So here is GG. I'm incapable of change. You are in a constant state of flux. Turning into someone most of us would consider new. And while I'll always be the same. And you'll fall through the sky. Only getting faster and harder. I will be the parachute to guide you safely to the water. And it may not be the you offers to. Some things remain the same. Like your hair, your touch, your smile, your voice, your eyes. The way you say goodbye. Thanks for listening with us, listener. Yeah. Gabe is so happy that you stopped by. I am. Puts food on my table. (laughs) (laughs) Metaphorically speaking. So we're going to (laughs) end. We're going to let the ever positive and straight up good dude, Ryland, tell you goodbye. And again, I pulled this interview from another podcast that I watched called The Good Noise Podcast that seems to review good music. So go check that podcast out, that interview, if you want to hear more from Ryland. Go check a look. Go check a look. If people want to follow us on Twitter, it's at Gami Gang. On Instagram, it's at Gami.Gang. I hope, you know, everybody out there is just looking out for everybody else, staying safe, you know what I'm saying? And as these shows start coming back, hope y'all are making sure all the people around you are safe too. That's for all the listening people and make good decisions. Would you ever see them live? Well, it's actually really funny because my brother and I saw that they were coming out to California. I was like, dude, I have to see them because this is like one of the only bands that I would love to see live. So I saw that they were playing at the Glass House in Pomona, but they're not even headlining. But because they're not headlining, this other band that my brother and I Googled, who is, in my opinion, much worse of a band but apparently they have a huge following you're gonna say it i don't know the name oh you don't even know the name no because i don't care but they're opening for that band and the show was sold out so i couldn't get tickets it's such a bummer rylan and pat if you're listening i love your music i live in california (laughs) i would love to come see you guys play